Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, we're going to talk about prayer this morning, because Paul writes to this church in Philippians, and he gives them some advice in the midst of a very difficult time, and he gives to them the answer to worry, the answer to worry. He says, here's what I want you to do in the midst of this. Because you and I, let's face it, as I've already mentioned, you know, we're facing some things in our life that we don't understand, that we don't know. We don't know where it's headed. We don't know what's going to go on. So how do I operate as a Christian? What did I do? Because a Christian operates very specifically in a manner that is contrary to what most other people are doing. So what do I do about the worry of things? And Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9, He says, here's what you need to do as you're going through some difficult times. And what applies for them also applies for us today. The first thing he says is you give everything to God. You give everything to God. Just let him have it. Let him take care of it. So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says this. Don't worry about anything. Now, maybe when you go home, you need to look up in the dictionary the word anything, because it means anything. Don't worry. What's his answer to worry? Don't do it. Don't worry about anything, but he doesn't just leave you hanging there. He now gives you, don't do this, but do this. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, this word worry has several different meanings. Part of it means you're being stretched in multiple directions. On one hand, you have great hope, as we've sung about. And on another hand, you've got to wonder, what's the world going to? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? And though you just get stretched in all these different directions. Because have you ever noticed that when you worry, it's usually not just one thing, but you end up adding this to it and this to it and this to it and there's all these things another thing about worry is it strangles you and so Paul says very easily very clearly he says look don't worry because when you worry what you're saying is you don't have control and you're worried about your lack of control and we will do everything we can to be in control won't we so if I don't know what to do I'll go and stockpile stuff I'll just do this and this and that. At least I'm doing something. Paul says, look, don't worry. Don't get overwhelmed with it. Because when you worry, worry has a companion. They always show up together. If you find one, you'll find the other. And that companion is fear. When you start to worry, you're afraid. And fear causes you to make bad choices. And when you worry, you're afraid. And the Bible tells us that we should never be afraid. And when we worry, and when fear is present, we make life much harder than it should be. And we put ourselves in situations where we make bad choices. And Paul says to these people, look, I'm going to give you some great advice that's going to help you all throughout your life. Don't worry. Jesus, he said, worry is a waste of time. 
It's futile. Here's what he said. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Don't worry. Well, pastor, who's going to stay up all night and worry about this stuff? Let God. He's up anyway. Well, I got to do something. Okay, good. I'm glad you recognize that. So Paul recognizes that, and here's what he says. Don't worry. Instead, pray. That's it? Just pray? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I remember one time God convicted me. I was walking out of a hospital room, and I'd said something that it was playing over in my mind. I said, well, all I can do for you is pray. And as I was walking out of the room, the little voice that I've learned to recognize as the Holy Spirit said to me, what do you mean all you can do? What better do you have to do? What more could you do that would be better than prayer? And see, sometimes we diminish the power of prayer. And Paul says, don't worry, pray. Give everything to God. Don't worry about everything, anything. Pray about everything. Now, what we tend to do too many times is we give God the big stuff and we'll take care of the little stuff. Well, I don't want to bother God with that. I don't want to overload him. You know, it might be morning, but I'll just save him for the big guns. And so what happens is we have a problem with this because we forget that it's all small stuff to God. What's big to you and I is not big to God. And all the small stuff eventually gets big anyway, doesn't it? And so you and I have to come to that place where we say and we realize, here's what the Bible says. Here's what Paul gives advice for. He says, look, when you're going through these times, don't worry about it. Pray about it. And pray about everything. And give God everything you need. And when you pray, you can see God work. You can know that God cares. And so he, he writes this. Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, look, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God cares. And he's waiting for you to ask him for help. He's waiting for you to come to a place where you involve him in the process of your life. And you see, when we worry, we're shutting God out, aren't we? We're taking control of something we have no control over. And we're allowing it to fill our mind. And we allow fear to come in. And we lose sleep. We lose heart. We lose strength. When God says, look, you're wasting your time. Your worry will not add one second to your life. Give it to me. Let me have it. And Paul says, look, I want you to give everything to God. I want you to tell him what you need. I want you to thank him for what, you, what he's done. And James writes this. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have. You can't get that, and you fight, and you wage war, and you take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. 
Well, you know what? God knows what, what I need. Yes, he does. He's waiting for you to recognize that. He's waiting for you to give that to him. And sometimes we don't allow God the opportunity to meet our needs because we're too busy worrying about it. We're too busy allowing the fear to get to us. And so we have to give everything to God. Now, Paul gives them some directions. He says, look, I don't want you to worry about this. You don't need to worry about anything. I want you to pray about everything. And here's what I want your prayers to do. He says, here's what your prayer should involve. First of all, the truth. I want you to tell God what you need. I want you to come to a place where you're willing to tell God what's on your mind. I want you to tell God what your fears are. I want you to tell God what you're worried about. I want you to give to God all your cares, not just the big ones, all of them, all the time. And so he says, I want you to be honest with God. God, here's what I'm going through. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's where I see the problem. God, here's all the things going on. You unload on God. You just tell him the truth about everything going on in your life. You don't hide anything from him because you can't hide anything from him, do you? You don't just say, well, God, I'll take care. I'll give you these things, but I'll take care of these things. He says, you pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Now notice, uh, tell him what you want. Tell him everything. Tell God what you want. God, here's what I want to happen. Here's what I need to happen. God, please do that. Now, you see, we have a pattern for that. His name is Jesus. Because when Jesus was going to the cross, remember he spent that evening in prayer in the garden of Gethsemane? And what was his prayer? Father, if it's possible, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, if there's another way, let it be that way. He told God what he was going through and what he wanted. But then he said, not my will, yours. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's where I'm at. Tell him. You need to be able to express that to someone. And there's no better person to express it to than God. And then he says, tell him what you want and thank him for everything he's done. It's hard to worry and be grateful at the same time. It's hard to be afraid and grateful. So what he says is, look, I want you to take your mind and I want you to look at the past and I want you to go back over the history you've had with God and all the times he's taken care of you and all the times he's delivered you and you stop rehearsing your problem and you start thanking God. Tell him what you want but then thank him for everything he's done. You see, when you do that, it changes perspective of everything, doesn't it? It puts your mind in a different place. And so Paul says, look, here's the answer. Here, here's what you need to do. I want you to come to that place where you give everything to God. You stop worrying about it because when you worry, you're not giving it to him. You're taking it on yourself. I want you to stop doing that. I want you to pray about everything that's going on in your life. I want you to tell God what you want. Tell him what you're going through. Tell him uh, everything you're feeling. You just give it all to him. 
And then thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for how great he is. Thank him for all the things he's done for you in the past. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for loving you. Thank him for all he has done. Paul's pretty blunt, isn't he? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God. Tell him what you want. Thank him for everything else. Then, he says, allow your heart and your mind to be guarded by God's peace. Allow your heart and mind to be guarded by God's peace. Notice what he says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Then, what's the then therefore? Then, when you do that, when you pray about everything, when you give it all to God, when you tell him what you want, when you deal with the issues of life, when you start thanking him, then you will experience God's peace. How do I know if I'm giving it all to God? I should have peace, right? In the midst of life, today, as a Christian, you should have peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard you. His peace will protect you. Now, you won't have peace until you build your life and talk to God. You won't have peace until you give it to Him. You won't have peace until you thank Him. Now, here's the one thing you and I have to remember. Paul writes about it, but Jesus speaks to it very specifically. God's peace and the world's peace are not the same. Let me just give you the difference real quick, and then we're going to look a little bit more at it. God's peace has to do with the internal. Here's what I'm, where I'm at. I have God's peace in here. The world's peace has to do with the external, what's going on around us. And if what's going on around us is out of my control, I worry about it. And I don't have peace about it because of all the stuff that could and might happen. But God's peace is inside of me because I have God in me and therefore I have peace. Here's what Jesus says. John chapter 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift. Now, that means very simply, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. God says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you a gift. It's yours for the taking. Now, if you don't want it, you don't have to take it. But I'm offering it to you. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The media will not give you peace. What you hear being talked about and read about and everything else, they're not going to give you peace. Well, if I'll just have this taken care of, then I'll have a little If this will just happen, if, this will, if they got enough of this, if they, no peace. God says, I will give you peace. But don't expect that peace to be like anything like the world wants to offer to you. Well, if I could just get tested, I'd have peace. No, you wouldn't. Because what about tomorrow? You're going to want to be tested again? 
And Jesus says, look, I'm going to give you a gift if you want it. No matter what your life is going through and no matter what the circumstances externally are, I'm going to give you a gift the world can't give to you. Peace. So, command, don't be worrisome or afraid. When you worry, you're rejecting the gift of God. He says, I want to give you peace. It's not the world's. It's not the same. The world gives you fear. It's all it has to offer. It'll just give you fear. God gives you peace. John 16, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. I really don't like that word many in that verse. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I'm still in control. Take heart. I'm still the one who's operating. Take heart. I'm greater than anything you're ever going to experience in your life. Take heart. Have peace. I've got this. Trust me with it. I'll take care of it. And so Paul says, look, don't worry about anything. Don't allow that to be the part of your heart. Don't allow that to enter into your life. You just pray about things. Tell God what you want. Thank him for what he's done. And if you will do that, then God's peace can move in. And you will have peace in the midst of any storm this life brings toward your way. God's promised it. Jesus said it. It's available to us. Okay, okay, I'll do that. But how do I do that? Paul says, you're going to have to govern your thoughts. Oh, great, I got to work at it. (laughs) I have to do something. God doesn't just do it all. Oh, God's done it all. But you and I have a part to play, don't we? So Paul says, look, you're going to have to govern your thoughts. Now notice what he says, verse 8, Philippians chapter 4. He says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Now, that word fix has a double meaning in my mind. uh, It's a double thing. In other words, my thoughts are bad. I need to fix it. I'm not allowing, I'm allowing my mind to wander into worry, and I need to fix that. I need to correct it. I need to change it. My thoughts have been broken. They've been wrong. I need to fix that. There's another definition here of fix that is kind of a little different. Fix. Be glued to. Fixate on. Fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. (laughs) So, what do you think about? What do you believe and how are you allowing that to affect your life? Now, here's a problem for many Christians. We know what we believe. We say we believe it. But unfortunately, what happens is we allow our feelings and our emotions to control our life. 
We allow the things that happen. We just have a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, that happens. I'll do this, this. Rather than being controlled by what we know is true and by what we believe, we allow the world to come in and we listen to things and we hear things and we begin to feel things and we begin to think things and we allow them, that, to control our thoughts. And Paul says, look, I don't want your feelings to be in control here. I don't want you to just let anything come into your mind and you just think about whatever happens. I want you to be in control here. I want you to begin to think about certain types of things. And if you're going to overcome worry, if you're going to overcome fear, you're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fix your thoughts. Well, okay. Uh you know, what should my thoughts be? Well, let me give you just one. And then I'm going to go through what Paul just says. Romans 8, 28. We know. That word know is important there. It's not we think. It's not we hope. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We know that. We believe that. We hold on to that. We know that. So you point your thoughts in the right direction. You keep your thoughts. You pray. You begin your day talking to God. The middle of the day, you talk to God. At the end of the day, you talk to God. You continually talk to Him, and you keep your thoughts on a right pattern. And when you keep your thoughts as they should be, worry doesn't have a chance to squeeze in, does it? And so you hear things, okay, that, that may be, or so, but I don't need to be concerned about that. God's going to take, I fix my thoughts. And Paul gave you and I eight filters in this one little verse. He says, here's what you need to allow to control your thought life. Notice what he says, the things that are true. Now, what do we know is true? God's word. God's Word is truth. So what does God's Word say? God's Word says to me, don't be afraid. Okay, I'll think about that. Not I'll think about it and decide whether or not I want to agree with it. I'll think that God's Word is true. I'll think about the things that are true, things that are honorable, morally excellent, the things that are right, those things that help me be righteous and line up with godly living, the things that are pure, in other words, things that are holy, that keep me apart and keep me on a right course, the things that are lovely, the things that are beautiful. It's easy to see the bad in people, but you and I need to see the good in people. Things that are lovely, the things that are admirable, things that are held in high esteem, that are right, Don't go down to the bottom of the barrel. Stay high. The things that are excellent, the mental thoughts, the best of them, and the things that are worthy of praise are my thoughts giving God glory. Is the way that I'm thinking honoring God? And Paul says, you think about these things. I was reading through a commentary by Kent Hughes. And he printed in there the inversion of this verse. 
Now, dear brothers and sisters, whatever is untrue, whatever is dishonorable, whatever is unjust, whatever is impure, whatever is unlovely, whatever is incommendable, whatever, if there's anything not morally excellent, if there's anything unworthy of praise, don't think about those things. Keep your mind where it needs to be. Now, you and I are all tempted. Temptation begins with a thought, doesn't it? Temptation is not sin. But if you keep entering the thought of temptation and act on it, you have sinned. How do you stop temptation? You don't let that thought stay there. You replace it with a better thought, don't you? Whatever's good, whatever's honorable, whatever's true, whatever's right. You begin to think about those things more than you think about the things that you have going through your head. All of us have those things going through our minds day after day. But what we do is put ourselves in a place where I'm not going to allow worry to take in. I'm going to keep talking to God. And as I keep talking with God and telling him what's going on in my life and where I'm at and what I want and giving him thanks for what he's done and know that God wants to give me peace and I receive that peace and I keep my mind fixed on the right road and the right track, think about those things, I won't have to worry and I won't be afraid. Here's what the prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Fixed. There it is again, isn't it? So you and I have to understand I have a responsibility to reject and to replace the thoughts that are not right. So I have that responsibility to not give in to everything I hear or read or allow that to enter into my mind and create confusion and create fear and cause me to worry. I just let them go through and I keep my mind fixed on what's right. Giving it to God, telling him what's going on and allowing his peace to be a part of my life because he wants me to live in peace. Paul has one more direction for us. Keep giving yourself to God. Keep giving yourself to God. In other words, you don't just sit at home and do your own thing and be your own person. You just keep giving yourself to God. You keep doing what God wants you to do. Now, notice what he says in verse 9. He says, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. In other words, folks, Paul writes, he says, what I've just told you, keep putting it into practice. Now you have to keep putting it into practice because you're not perfect yet. You keep putting it into practice. Everything you heard from me, saw from me, then the God of peace will be with you. Then God's peace will take care of you. And so your mind gets right and then your life follows it, doesn't it? Your actions are determined by your thoughts. And if we think right, we live right. And you can pray all you want, but if you don't put it into practice, you're wasting your prayers. 
Oh, I'm a prayer warrior. I'll pray and pray. But I'm really worried about holding. No, no, no. You've just contradicted yourself. Your life should demonstrate your confidence in God. Your life should be live demonstrating the peace that God's given to you. You should be the example for how we operate and what we do. God will keep being faithful. Will I keep being faithful? Leviticus chapter 20, verse 8. Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice. For I am the Lord who makes you holy. Psalm 119, verse 33. Teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. You can't say you believe something and then act a different way. If I believe this, then this, my behavior follows that. One day Jesus is teaching and a woman from the crowd hollers out, oh, blessed be your mother who gave you birth. And Jesus replies, even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So I have to be a person who puts life into practice. Now that means I've got to be responsible for how I live. You see, you having problems in your marriage? You do something to make it better. Well, I don't need to do anything. I'm not the problem. They are. Well, you're not praying enough because God will let you know otherwise. There's always something you can do that's right, isn't there? Pray about it. God will help you see it. You got a problem at work? You're concerned about what's going on? Just be the best employee you can be. Problem at school? Novel idea. Why don't you study more? I've got peace about it. Good. Your health? Wash your hands. I'm tired of singing happy birthday. Do what's right. Don't touch your face. Trust God. And if necessary, see a doctor. You see, for those of you that are home watching this, there are some of you at home that made a great decision by not coming here today. It was the responsible thing to do because of your health and because of where you're at. There are others of you at home who made a poor decision today by staying home because you made that decision out of fear. There's a world of difference between the two. So we've got to be responsible with what we do and how we do it. Keep demonstrating our peace and our confidence in God, but not recklessly. Not in a manner that goes against sound minds. And see, if I'll take the right action, God will be faithful, won't he? Notice what he says, when you do all of this, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Now, this sounds so simple. It just seems like, wow, that's, okay. It's simple, but it's hard to put into place, isn't it? 
It's hard because you catch yourself worrying. And you thought, oh no, I, I don't want to do that. I need to do this. And so you and I have to understand the enemy is going to do everything he can do to cause us to be afraid. And God will do everything he can do to help us live in peace. And you and I have to make that decision. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline to do what's right. So very simply, here's what he says. Listen, you pray like you should. Don't worry. Pray. Tell God what you want. Thank him. Be a grateful people for all he's done for you. Believe what you should. Let his peace guard your hearts and your minds. Receive that. Apply it. Think like you should in a way that honors God. And that as he knows my thoughts, he's pleased. And then act like I should as a representative of Jesus Christ here on this earth. Because remember, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And you and I live every day of our life with the peace of God guarding us as we live in him. So the answer to worry, don't do it. Just don't do it. And that's not my answer. That's Paul's answer. That's God's answer. I'm giving you peace. All you want. All you can have. So I'd like to end by praying for you. Those of you that are here, those of you that are at home. Can I just do that right now? Father, I thank you for these people. Lord, we're in a place in this world where we've never been before. We don't understand all the things that are happening or could happen. But God, would you help each one of us to be convinced that you are in control? Would you help each one to know that they can trust you and that worry will not help anything except make life much harder? So would you help each one to receive the peace that you're offering to them today? Would you help them to keep their mind where it needs to be and to stay on the things that are honorable and true and right and pleasing to you so that we can live our lives as representatives of Jesus Christ? Thank you for the peace that you give May each one live with that peace. And would you help them to do that throughout this week, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there's a communication card that's attached to your bulletin. We ask you to fill that out if you would. Get your tithe and your offering ready. For those of you that are watching online, we really need you to be faithful with your giving 
as you know, it's a difficult time when people stay home and don't always give. You can give online, you can give in the mail, but we just encourage you to give. I'd also tell you this, if you want to know what we're going to be doing, we'll try to give you updates. Now, if the government says that there's a certain limit of people that can meet, we will obey what the government says in this case, okay? Because it's only the right thing to do. So if you want to know, keep checking online. We'll give you all the information there. Don't believe everything you read on Facebook, okay? Just saying. So we'll keep you up to date there. And uh, if we can help you in any way, please let us know. You got your bulletin read. There's some announcements there. They're important. And so please take note of them so you can be a part of what you need to be a part of. Ushers, will you come, please? Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.